What's up, everybody? Welcome back for episode 203 of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams. I'm here with Randy Hall. Randy, what is up? Not much, dude. Just (laughs) running through homework. You know how it goes. Oh, yeah. I don't miss that whatsoever. Like, literally just out of it, so I don't understand. (laughs) We're all cocky about this. (laughs) Yes, that is very true, but I have soaked all that in, and, and now I will never do homework again. No matter yeah, what. Okay. Yeah, whatever you say there, bud. <laughs> I'll probably end up back in school in like three years. But all right. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Follow, like, share at the Cut FFL, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, as I said last episode, we're definitely more prominent on Twitter. Uh, so if you have one of those, go check us out. Today we're going to be talking yay or nay Super Bowl edition and then also our 2020 rookie running back rankings. Randy, are you ready? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> All right. So for our yay or nay segment, I am going to be asking, uh, I think there's five different scenarios. Yay, obviously, means that Randy thinks it'll happen, and, and nay, is it's not going to happen. So the first one, Patrick Mahomes wins Super Bowl MVP, yay or nay? Uh, I say yay. It's probably the most likely like star, but you know it could be one of those like five set games somehow by Bosa. Yeah, I man, I I I will preface this. I am very torn on this game, Randy. I think you are too. For the most part, um, you have a a pick. Um, I'm hesitating. I, I feel like I'm going to pivot and pick the. Well, I, I don't want to spoil it. Um, <laughs> I forgot that was one of these. Uh, all right, yay or nay, Raheem Mostert rushes for 100 yards. I'm going to say yeah, which hopefully allows me to trade him in Dynasty. For hopefully first. you also say yay instead of yeah. You know, that's enough for me already. That's <laughs> I something also Sean would yay. do. That's something Sean would do right there. <laughs> Sean, miss you, buddy. Come back soon. Um, all right, yeah, your nay. Joe Buck mentions Andy Reid's lack of Super Bowl success at least five times during the broadcast. Just knowing Joe Buck, that's probably yeah, which will make me very annoyed. Yeah, I'm not excited that this game is on Fox. I was really hoping for the the Romo Nance combo. As long as it's not ESPN, man, that's all I care about. Hey, Booger calling a Super Bowl would be some legendary stuff. <laughs> all right, yeah, your nay. The halftime show this year. It's Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. It's going to be the worst ever. I'm going to say nay. <laughs> I just don't want to just set this up like that's going to be the worst ever. <laughs> what do you think the worst halftime show has been? I, I don't know. Most of them. I mean, they're not. There's been a few really good ones, but most of them are kind of bad. Most of them, like the actual football fans don't really watch. True. True. Okay. I also don't think it'll be the worst ever. Um, I think it's going to be bad, though. Uh, so. I mean, I, I won't really enjoy it, but <laughs> I'm sure there's someone there will. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last one. Yay or nay? The Chiefs get the win. Oh, this is such a pick which makes it, it should be a really good Super Bowl. I'm going to roll with the Chiefs just. Just for the RPO against zone defense, it's. I'm literally just trying to find something to divide this, and I'm just going to pick that. Yeah, I, I've heard quite a few arguments on both sides. Uh, I heard a statistic that of teams who have 55 sacks, uh, the last six teams who have had over that threshold have won in the Super Bowl, um, and that's the 49ers, obviously. It's not the Chiefs, but... I've also heard that Patrick Mahomes is the only factor that really separates them because he's miles better than Garoppolo. I, I really don't know. I think I'm still going to take the Chiefs. I might be pivoting to the Niners before Sunday comes. Oh, yeah, we're recording yeah. this on, on Thursday night. So Yeah, uh, because it, we, we have very busy weekends. <laughs> we sure do. Um, so if anything happens, if Patrick Mahomes – gets hurt in practice or something and he's not able to play, which will never happen, but why even bring that up, man? Knock on wood, man. <laughs> Knock on wood. 
but if something like that happens, we're not going to know that after. Well, we'll know it after, but the episode will already be out. So <laughs> just move on, man. <laughs> just, just going in circles here, man. I know, dude. All right, it's late. It's a Thursday night. We normally it's have at late. least. It's always late. We have never recorded before ten when it's just you and me. That's that's accurate, but it's a weeknight, and I work today. That's the difference. Although I worked before the last episode. Whatever. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> We're going to be giving our 2020 rookie running back rankings. We're kind of going to do the same format that we did receivers. Um, and another spoiler alert, our first six. six are the same, which wasn't that the exact number of receivers that were the same last time? Yes, but this one is, well, that one has changed now. And then this one's changed today. So yeah. <laughs> at least on my side. Yes. Um, so we will get right into it. Randy, who is your RB1 for the 2020 NFL draft? It's got to be DeAndre Swift. There's just no question there. I really like Dobbins, and I think he could possibly get a better landing spot and become the better back overall. But Swift is just all around better. It's really just a, a more ready passer, like receiver, I should say. It just puts him over the edge for me. Everything else, they're pretty much the same. I, I honestly think Swift may be a little bit better blocker as well. Uh, but other than that, they're pretty much the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're not, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, same same talent level, in my opinion. I think they're both going to come in and be fantasy relevant, and they're going to help their team win. Um, now, landing spot obviously matters a little less with these two, but it does matter. Uh, if DeAndre Swift goes to the Dolphins and J.K. Dobbins somehow goes to the Browns and has to sit behind uh, Nick Chubb, I don't know why the Browns would do that. <laughs> I don't understand this at all. <laughs> yeah, but that's just a scenario where J.K. has to fight for snaps and DeAndre doesn't, then that's what really separates them. I think DeAndre Swift is also my running back one, obviously. Um, but I think I might be talking myself into J.K as RB1. Yeah, like I said, they're pretty much the same overall for us. I think I have Swift like 2 points higher and so do you, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh it's literally just the receiving. I for me blocking um they both had great production, good injury history, no really problems. They both have their key moves like their go-to. Uh, Swift is a, a lot of people saw on Twitter's that outside flash where he always flashes the outside one step and cuts to the inside, and he can do it within a half a second and cut out four defenders at once. It's ridiculous. There's been there was like six different runs this year where he did it back to back to back and broke five different tackles. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And and Dobbins just has he's the one cut god. If he gets if he finds a hole, he's gone. And we yeah. saw that in the playoff game as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that actually was when I moved J.K. up my board quite a bit. Was in the college football playoff. Um, I had him sitting, I think fourth. I think I had uh, the number three running back that I have that we'll talk about, and a couple guys ahead of him. But if you had to compare DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins to a current NFL player, oh, who would it be? Dude, uh. Dude, maybe we should have talked about this beforehand. Holy crap. Probably. Uh, well, because they're both not just like power backs. They're just, oh, dude, I really don't know at the time ahead. Like, so, I, I don't have them in our rankings yet. Right. Like so Swift, to me, is Alvin Kamara. And, yeah. And JK, I think, I think my comp is Zeke. And I know that seems biased because they both went to Ohio State. But, I mean, if you look at their production um, and just the the film from, from when Zeke was at OSU, I think that my comp for J.K. is Zeke. And if that's the case, like, I think I'd rather have Zeke than Kamara right now, and that's why I might be pivoting. I I don't necessarily love the Camara one uh, because Swift is a little bit more of a workhorse than Camara. I thought um, ETN was a perfect comp to Camara, and 
Swift. I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of one for Swift, but I, Dobbins is like a less bruiser Zeke. Yes. Like Zeke is way more willing to just take contact in the middle, where Dobbins is more reliant on the vision. He can take the hits easy. It's just he wants that cut really bad every and, time. And I do think that J.K. has a better one cut than Zeke did coming out. But I agree yeah. with you that Zeke was able to take a couple hits and and smash through people. I, I, I do want to clarify, though, like Swift, to me, the reason I think of Kamara is just the sheer explosion. Like you get him the ball no matter where it is. If he's catching out of the backfield, he's gone. Like and unless you've yeah. got some fast defenders, he's gone. And that's kind of what I see when I watch Kamara, too. Yeah. And Swift runs with great power, too, which is a little bit. Different than Kamara's game, which is more uh, just evasion with more key on balance. Yeah. Where obviously these two have great balance, it's just a little bit different to me. But yeah. it doesn't matter. They're both ne- next year. We're going to be copying guys of them because they're going to be stars yep. right off the bat. Yeah, definitely. Um, so our number three running back, since we kind of grouped one and two together, uh, is Jonathan Taylor. Now. Uh, Jonathan Taylor came into this season probably probably right around here. I think J.K. Dobbins definitely bumped up. DeAndre Swift was the RB1 coming into 2019. The crazy thing is, is Jonathan Taylor was probably second, didn't do anything to lose his second spot, but just the sheer, like, the amount of carries this guy has, has had over his, what, three, four years? He's been there four years, right? I believe so, yeah. It's, yeah, it's the just alarming. Of, yeah, the amount of carries scares people. But I do want to mention that Derrick Henry had a similar type of track, and we saw what he was able to do. What do you think of Jonathan Taylor, Randy? I really like him. Um, this is obviously these are a little bit, at least for me. I think this is like full draft rankings as well as fantasy rankings here. Yeah, uh, and if it's fantasy, he definitely has to be three because he does not bring the passing game at all. Uh, he can obviously develop that. Like I'm not going to rule that out, but at this point, he basically has rocks for hands, which is great because he uses those to bruise over everyone in the hole. And he also has a great jump cut, and he breaks free way more than you would expect. So I, I think my comp for him is actually Nick Chubb. <clears throat> so that's why I didn't like Chubb coming out of school because he couldn't catch the freaking ball. I know Jonathan Taylor can't, but he did show a little bit of improvement this year to where I really want to see him in the combine when the running backs are catching passes. Because if if he doesn't do well there, there's a chance I'd drop him a little lower just because I, yeah, he's going to go out there and he's going to blow through people. But if he's not going to be out there on third down, we could see like the first few years of Derrick Henry's career where he was okay, but because he wasn't getting the work, he wasn't able to produce for fantasy. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure where he fits in, just looking around the league, off the top of my head at least. I'm sure we're going to find a spot that's really good for him. It's really just, I mean, he's a great pass blocker. He just really needs a team that he can be used in the pass game, just doesn't rely on it, pretty yeah. much. Which is what the Titans do. I mean. Let's be real. This could be a second round pick for the Titans and they could move on from Henry, which I don't recommend doing. I'm just saying like that's that's a path that could happen and that'd be a path to success for them. Yeah, I really hope if that happens, Derrick Henry goes to the Patriots, but uh, (laughs) let's not digress. Um, All right. Number four running back, Randy, who is it? Clyde the Glide here. Clyde Edwards Lair here. Uh, Just a great overall like all around back. Uh, really showed out down the stretch. He didn't have to get a lot of work in the title game, but still had a really good day. And he's probably uh, probably the best pass catcher in the group. Just oh yeah, it's it's either him or Swift for me. But I think he's a little bit better. Uh, but he's not as good as runner. But I think he's a lock first year to be a third and down back for someone, if not their go to guy. Uh, I think he's definitely a second round talent to me. And that could be a chief. That could be a bucks. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of teams that he could land and just overtake the role 
and quite possibly be worth a top five dynasty pick just because of that landing spot. Like he's that good that he can just show out somewhat like Kareem Hunt did. Yep. Yeah, I I definitely agree with all of that. I think the one thing that separates uh, Clyde the Glide from all of these other running backs is his ability to run routes out of the backfield or in the slot. Um, I know Swift and Dobbins took some snaps in the slot this year in certain formations, but no one does it quite like Clyde because I'll tell you what, that dude can run a a freaking streak out of the backfield and he's going to go get the ball. And he's a tiny dude. Like he shouldn't be great at what he's doing. But my initial thought was this guy is Austin Eckler, and that's like his floor because I think he's a better runner than Eckler was. I who did I think I compared him Rashad just to kind of make you mad. Yeah, you did. But I I do think Rashad's a very good pass catching back. I think it's not up to the maybe it's uh, Eckler coming out of school somewhere around there, but. I, I really don't see if he goes the the right team, even if it's just a third down role, he could be as efficient as James White, just depending on where he lands because of that that receiving work. And there's plenty of teams that need both receivers and running backs, so he could fill two needs with one pick. Not to make this a, a Titans podcast, but put him with Derrick Henry. Like, say they re-sign Derrick Henry and draft him to take over the Deion Lewis role. Ooh. As long as they take over the Deion Lewis role, I don't really care. <laughs> Screw that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he, he's he's going to be, I think he's going to be a pretty good back. Uh, I mean, in a way, probably a little bit, uh, I'd probably rank him a little bit worse runner than Miles Sanders, but pretty much that same moment coming into the rookie year where he could go to the right team and just overtake the role. Yep. Uh, he. I think there's a solid chance he jumps jonathan taylor before i'm done with these but we'll see all right good five <laughs> uh, yeah rb5 cam makers um randy had to do some convincing to get cam Akers up this high for me <laughs> everybody in the industry loves cam Akers. when i watched his tape i thought that's a really good athlete and he wasn't able to do anything and his offensive line sucked so i really didn't know what I was looking at, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I think I think his hands are good out of the backfield. I think he can be a three-down back, depending on where he goes. Um, I think he's most effective inside. Um, I think he's very explosive. The problem is he couldn't get anything done at Florida State. And I, Randy knows this. I value production pretty highly. Um, which is why I think I had Cam Akers so low. But I went back, I watched some more tape, and I thought, man, this guy's really talented. He just hit some bad luck. Um, Randy, what do you think of Cam Akers? I really like him. He doesn't have the best hands of the class, but he's got he's a willing pass catcher, pretty average, maybe above average to a certain extent. But he has good speed, good explosion. Blocking's better than most. Uh, he he just needs to be coached up a little bit, and he can be a workhorse in that department. I think he's got a pretty good frame, great strength when running, which is uh, almost the level of Dobbins and Swift. In my eyes, just the running, but he doesn't have quite that burst. So they're getting there with more power. But when he hits, he hits hard. And I, I just I, like vision's good, ball security good. I, like there's really not a facet that I think he lacks in. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be a workhorse, to be honest with you, but he's just one of those guys, pretty much the same thing as the last guy. I, But I think he's more of a three-down back is the problem. Uh, and it's the same thing. He's going to, in my eyes, I think he. I have him as a second-round pick here. I don't know if he goes there. Uh, the first two rounds usually have about one to two running backs in them. And honestly, there's probably only going to be one at most in the first round. So I assume Akers is probably going to drop to the third. And that's going to be kind of a steal for someone because I think he's far and above anyone else left on the board at that point. And it's, I mean, it's just going to be a steal at, for someone. I don't know what's going to happen. There's so many teams that need somebody, and he could just be the backup replacement for the future. I, I mean, there, 
I don't really know a fit for him besides saying the things I've already said for other people. So it's kind of hard to just repetitively say the same guys, but they all need a back and he could be a decent one. If the dolphins want to wait, because he could, he could do every facet and it'd be cheap. Let me hit you with a team that I think cam Akers would just absolutely succeed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I, I don't hate it. Uh, I obviously Connor's kind of a liability there and they have a tight end at running back and then Snell didn't do anything really great. I thought he was okay. Maybe he can get better, but I think acres is day one better than him, especially in all facets. So that'd be a good spot. And there's no pressure on him to start right away. I mean, you, you, you got to keep giving Connor the chance. He's been good when he's out there, but he can't stay out there. Uh, but yeah, I, that's a great landing spot for him, honestly. And depending on there's there's guys here that could go to the Ravens that'd be great. I mean, there's there's so many spots that really could open up in a year or so. Yep. Yeah, I definitely and, agree. And he just and Acres just honestly had one of the worst lines. Him and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn had the exact same problem. Just had lines that were ranked in like the hundred thirties, hundred fifties in the country. Mm-hmm. And they did their best. They had pretty good production, like <laughs> way yeah. better than I thought they would. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Cam Akers still, I think, had over a thousand yards. Uh, yeah, I'm or pretty somewhere. Sure did too. <clears throat> yeah, so that it, it'll be interesting to watch as as the pre-draft process continues moving along. Yeah. Number six, actually, you know what? Before we get into number six, let's take a quick break. <clears throat> when we come back, we'll give our our next five. Welcome back. We are going to hit our six through 10 of our 2020 rookie running back rankings. Our number six is still the same. So the consensus right here is Zach Moss. Randy, I want you to talk about Zach Moss first because you know, I like him a little bit more than you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just doesn't have in my eyes, the speed of the rest of the guys in this group around here. Uh, it's not bad, but I think even the guys right below him in our rankings have a little bit better speed. He does probably have some of the better hands in the class, though. I'll agree to that. It took me watching a third game where they passed a lot to really get to I had him as like a four hands, and I had to move him up a good, good amount. But <laughs> solid vision, explosion, average blocking in my eyes. Didn't really get hurt in college, so he's coming in pretty strong. Barely fumbled, so... You know his ball security is great, and he's got big. He's got bigger size than most of the guys here, but pretty much everyone's almost the exact same size here, and it's really weird. Uh, I mean, even the, the only guy that really stands out different wise is AJ Dillon. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else, everyone's anywhere from five eight to five eleven, and like two fifteen. Yeah. So everyone's rocking in with that same grade there. Uh, but I just think he's an average back. I don't think he's a workhorse down the road. Uh, but he's definitely he's a day one rotational back and he could grow into more, obviously. Yeah, my thing with Moss is I think that he's going to carve out a role pretty early. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's going to be a, a carry split. I, I agree with you that he's not a workhorse right now. I think the reason that he landed where he did on my rankings is because he's pretty good at a lot of things, whereas like. Some someone like Jonathan Taylor has ball security issues. Um, DeAndre Swift and JK are are tiers above them anyway. Um, but Zach Moss just seems to be average to good at a lot of things, but he's not great at any single thing except for holding on to the ball. And I feel like those are the types of guys that come in and have some production. I feel like that's we just talked about Benny Snell before the break. I feel like that's how Benny Snell was coming in in that he didn't do one thing great, but he carved out a role for himself. Granted, he was helped by injury, but that's what Moss is going to be. He's going to be a back-end kind of roster filler to start, and then he'll be able to carve out something, I think. Yeah, I I don't disagree there. And obviously I had the next guy above him until watching a third game. I think it got him just a slight bit above him. like you said, he just does everything average. And, uh, like, obviously he's not going to increase his speed or explosion, really. Uh, but he's already have, he already has decent vision, and I think just behind the right line, he could be very good. 
which I mean, we didn't kind of the same as James Conner, honestly. James Conner just does everything pretty good and yeah. just sat behind. It's the same exact team, same situation here. Yeah, and I think that'd be a good fit too. I really do think that the Steelers are gonna draft a running back, and I think this is kind of the range you're looking at. Um, I do as well. It's just they don't have a ton of needs, really, like just per se. But obviously, they don't have a first round pick because they have a better guy than a first round pick, and Minka Fitzpatrick. And uh, they did just spend a pick last year, and the year before, and the year before on running back. So I could see them going again here, trying to hit the Le'Veon Bell diamond in the rough thing. But I just don't. I can't guarantee they do that, especially in the third round, which I assume is where Zach Moss goes. Just depending on how people fall here. Yeah, what a stupid fucking trade for the Dolphins, man! God damn it, that makes me so I, mad. I got first. Nah, it's the, it's yeah, the 18th, right? yeah, it's the 18th pick. But yeah. I mean, would you rather have the 18th pick or Minka Fitzpatrick? What are you doing? God, I mean, right. Minka Fitzpatrick clearly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, basically, do you want Minka Fitzpatrick or Grant Delpit? Uh, I think I want Minka. I'll take just Minka. Yeah, exactly. All right, I want right. you to go into year seven. All right, I'll go we into my have, we, we We differ now. So. Yeah, the last four are almost – oh, yeah, they are all different, except yeah. for – no, number nine is not. Um, my number seven is Eno Benjamin from Arizona State. Randy, I know you had some concerns about him. I think he's really fast. I think he's the second best receiving back, actually. I think that uh, – uh. I think Glide's one, Eno's two, and DeAndre Ooh. Swift is three. Um, I I I feel like where Zach Moss is good to average at everything, Eno does one thing really great, and that's he's a receiving back. And that's a role that not only is valuable in fantasy, but that's valuable to NFL teams. Eno Benjamin's a, a good guy to pair with a guy like Mark Ingram for the Ravens or even like a Joe Mixon and take over that Gio Bernard role. I don't necessarily think he's a great in between the tackles runner, but I don't think he's ever going to be asked to do that. And I think with his skill set and what the NFL has become, I think that's why he slots in at my number seven. What do you think? I, I mean, I agree on everything there. Uh, I have him at eight. It's not like we're very different here. I think he's up there with the hands, and he's got average to decent speed. And by average in this, I mean like a 4-4. Four, four. Like, <laughs> it's running backs. So, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but I just don't – I really don't think he's a good blocker for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, and he's probably only going to be a third down back for the first couple years, and he's going to need to block in those downs as well as receive. So he has to correct that. I think he lacks in the strength department for sure. And I don't really particularly like his vision on the field. Uh, He's got great elusiveness once he gets outside. And that's why he's going to be a great receiving back. But like you said, he's not an inside the tackle runner. He doesn't quite hit those holes. Right. Uh, But he did have a good career. I, I mean, like I said, I do like him. I just have one guy ahead of him. Who is that guy? Well, he's your uh, 10, I believe, and that's Keyshawn Vaughn. I did have him over Zach Moss until I got through both their third games here. Uh, Vaughn has better speed, pretty much the same speed as Benjamin in my eyes. Uh, definitely has worse hands than all the guys in this group. Is pretty much the same as Jonathan Taylor, maybe just a little bit better, honestly. Uh, but they also didn't ask him to be that role at Vanderbilt. So, uh, But he he has good vision, really good explosion. Same in the blocking scheme, honestly, but that's coachable to an extent. Very durable, a lot stronger than him, and that's kind of a big thing for me. And again, like I said before, he had, I believe, the 130th line in the country, and he just really didn't have much to go off of. I believe he fumbled twice and lost zero of them, so his ball security is off the charts pretty much. Uh, he's very, he's always has, he always has two hands in the ball near contact, good size. Uh, obviously it's just, it's not a huge jump up from Benjamin to me, but it's enough to where I think he should be up there because I think he can be at least a first two down back with the third down roll somewhat in there. Uh, whereas Benjamin, I don't really view in the first two 
downs. That's really the difference there for me. Gotcha. Uh, what round grade do you have on Keyshawn? Right now, I have three. Okay. I have the third. I have the third on Moss, Vaughn, and Benjamin, and they're all relatively close. Benjamin definitely below those two, uh, but realistically, they're probably going to go third or fourth. Uh, just like I said, the first two rounds just usually don't have a lot where the third and the fourth have a good amount and then six and seven have a ton. Uh, I mean, looking through the last five years, even there's been 20 plus running backs in every draft. And I'd say probably about eight to 10 of those are in the sixth and seventh round. Just people taking shots like Mike Weber last year. Uh, just, you got to take a shot in a guy. He's going to be a practice squad most likely, or I mean, they're fast guys that can hit. Those are special teams guys right off the bat. Yeah, um, my my concerns with Vaughn, I guess, <clears throat> I think he's slower than you do. Um, I'm not sure why. Maybe I need to go back and watch a little bit more tape. Um, but it, And it's not like we have incredibly different ratings on no. the speed front, but I, I, I just don't see like that separating speed that is necessary if he's going to have that first and second down roll. Um, I think his hands suck, just being honest. Um, I, I, I have him the same grade as Jonathan Taylor. So I don't I have, have him the worst in the class in hands. But No, I also do not. But I <laughs> he's pretty close. Um, <laughs> ultimately, like he's still in my top 10. He's my 10th running back. I think there is potential there, but I think there's – a lot of things he needs to get better at if he wants to be productive in the NFL. Yeah, I I don't disagree. And I don't think he's a starter by any means. It's just, he's going to be a good rotational guy. Um, I don't personally want it, but he could be a guy that goes to Buffalo just because he's not going to be relied upon in the third down department there with Singletary. And he won't even get that many carries, maybe max of eight a game there. I mean, yeah. Gore doesn't get that much. I think AJ Dillon would be better in that role for them, but I mean, maybe I'm just being greedy in that aspect. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. like I said, I I just value Vaughn a little bit better, and it's not like he had a lot of points above Benjamin. Um, this the strength and ball security and speed just gave him a little bit. Well, not speed. Uh, okay, a vision gave him a little bit better score. I mean, it's really close, and they both could be good assets to any team. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Randy, who is your well, I guess I need to give my, my number eight, huh? Yeah, you gotta give your eight. My my eight's Benjamin. Yep, yep, I definitely <laughs> do. Uh so my number eight is LaMichael P. Ryan out of Florida. Um I I think this is probably our biggest difference here, Randy. I like P. Ryan's just raw athleticism. I think that the excuses that we give to Cam Akers, we we tend to not give to Piran. The Florida offensive line was pretty freaking bad. Um, I am going to be quite honest. He's here out of sheer athleticism because I think that there's more potential there than some of these other guys. Um, he's got really good hands. He catches the ball out of the backfield uh, pretty similarly to what Cam Akers does. Uh, his vision pretty much sucks, and that's an area he definitely needs to get better in. I think he's an okay blocker. I don't think he's the strongest guy. I don't think he's the most elusive guy, but he takes care of the ball, and he's a big athletic guy, and I think those kinds of guys are are valued in the NFL. Why do you hate him? <laughs> I don't hate him. I have him ranked 11th, uh, and I don't disagree with anything you said there. I He's just slower than the other guys. I mean, he's in the same speed group as Kylan Hill and AJ Dillon to me, honestly. He may be a little bit faster than Dillon to be honest with you, but Dillon brings that load, so maybe it's just a little bit of a little bit of bias there, just liking I, that. Well, I actually have them all tied as well. I, I have them tied for speed. I don't think he's very fast. I do agree he has the same hands as Akers and them and it's just it's speed, vision, explosion, and uh, elusiveness. It just it knocks him down for me. There's nothing great there. Uh, strength is not great, obviously, uh, and blocking's average at best. So 
but again, like you said, his line wasn't great, so maybe his skills weren't fully shown. Obviously, I I did take that into account, but I just didn't see anything particularly that jumped out to me. I I just have a couple people just above him, and it's not like it's major. It's like one point half point difference once we get past the first like seven or eight. Um. All right. Now you can. Well, we have a shared number nine. So yeah, it's shared number nine. <laughs> uh, Randy, who is the number nine running back for us? It's Kylan Hill. Uh, I have him pretty much the same. Well, I have him above P. Ryan, obviously. Uh, pretty much the same problems, except he's a much better blocker in my eyes, and he's a lot stronger. Uh, other than that, it's pretty much the exact same thing. I, I do think he's a little bit smaller, a little bit less ball security. Uh, I think he's a little bit more elusive, but it's literally almost the same grading here. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's not obviously he has worse hands. That's I mean, that's just for sure. But there, he's not a fast guy. He's not going to burn you. But he has a good enough speed to break it. That's the thing. And he's got great balance on contact. Uh, he has kind of. Him and Dylan have this like really slow spin move for some reason that works perfectly. I don't really understand it, but uh, <laughs> uh, it but it works. And uh, I mean, these these all guys are going to be like fourth or fifth round, maybe even sixth, just depending on how the board falls. Uh, but I do really like him, and I think he has a place in the NFL for sure for years to come. Uh, I, I mean, I like him better than a lot of backs last year, to be honest with you. Yeah, I. I... I struggle to compare this year's class to last year because apart from like the first four, uh, I think they pretty much sucked. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I don't necessarily think that there's much difference in this class. Like, yeah, I, I do like what P Ryan and Kylan Hill show on tape, but is that going to translate to the NFL where there's 32 teams, 32 starting spots uh, 64 roles like I don't necessarily yeah. know that these guys are going to be able to earn a role especially not right off the bat like they maybe well, they yeah. have Damian Williams type career path I, I hope not for them but no I mean I agree like they're nowhere near starter day one we we got past that in the second round let's be real here uh the rest of the guys need a lot of work in camp and they'll get there 100 percent. I do have confidence in all of them to be honest with you uh, to be at least somewhat fantasy relevant at worst case. Uh, I, I really do like Kylan Hill, what he brings. Uh, I don't disagree though, but it's 32 teams running backs have a short lifespan. There's probably 10 or, or 12 that go down every single year. There was a ton this year. We were playing, I was playing uh, Deandre Washington against you in a third place game. Like he could come in and be very impactful. If he lands somewhere and that starter gets hurt, he's probably going to be a top waiver priority for me. Where other people are going to question it, I think he can succeed in that aspect. Obviously, again, not the best hands, but he can. he's going to be a bruiser that gets a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree there. And then this guy doesn't pop up on my top 10. Who's your RB10, dude? My RB10 is A.J. Dillon. And I'll be honest, he has... Probably the worst hands in the class. He should never... He's like Derrick Henry level bad at receiving. Maybe even worse, to be honest with you. Not great speed, obviously, but he is six foot 250. He is a pure power guy, and he packs a load. Not great vision, not great explosion, except in your face with a football. Uh, and honestly, he had really bad blocking technique in my eyes. But again, he wasn't out on third downs. They didn't pass a lot on first and second down. Uh, but I, I mean, he clearly has a size and tools to be able to be that blocking running back and just hit the linebacker coming in quick. Uh, very durable. I don't even have him as the best strength in the class, to be honest with you, but he's up there. He, uh, but he's, again, he's not elusive. He's not, but he's got great ball security and he is huge. He packs a load on everyone. And like I said, he has some evasion, but it doesn't look athletic. It's weird. He breaks a lot of tackles and I, I he's never going to be asked to catch the ball. He's going to be purely a rotational back. He's probably going to only get 10 most carries a game, but he may be just the red zone guy. I mean, he could be Frank Gore hundred percent like this last year, Frank Gore that just got 
10 to 12 carries a game and punched you in the mouth and let Singletary just run all over you. I think that's very interesting because I think that out of the guys here towards the bottom of my list, AJ Dillon's my RB 12. Um, but out of all of these guys, I kind of think that he has the best chance of being fantasy relevant because <laughs> he does have that goal line upside. I don't know how this dude ended up a running back. Like that's a linebacker <laughs> running yeah. the football. I he, mean, literally, literally as a Miles Sanders owner, this is, he's literally going to do the Jordan Howard BS of that whole year. If he actually gets that load that he should get, because if you're drafting him, you know what he brings. He's not going to be a special teams guy. He might be in a fullback formations. Honestly, he's freaking huge, but like, He's gonna he's gonna vulture some touchdowns, he's, dude. The Browns should draft him to be the fullback. He's the new Mike Tolbert, bro. He, he's gonna vulture the hell out of everything. I like that comp. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Uh, I I do not really like him that much. <laughs> uh, I, but see, and this is this is the thing. We we got guys like P Ryan, Hill, Kelly, McFarland that are all pretty much going to be rotational guys that we hope catch passes that aren't really going to be fantasy relevant except for injuries, where A.J. Dillon is up here for me because he can be impactful from day one. Yeah, yeah, and I'm kind of with you there. I just, man, like, looking at this list right now, just reflecting on what I'm looking at, we've got as many, like, late-round guys that I just really don't like as we do top like one, two, and three rounds. And even the like third rounders, like Zach Moss, I said he's pretty freaking average. This running back class, like when we first started and ETN and Chuba were in this class, like Harris. Yeah, and Najee. I was extremely excited about this running back class. And I think like I have a lot of pessimism for it now. Like I don't think <laughs> all of it, like I don't think Cam Akers is gonna step in and do what ETN could have. And he shouldn't be expected to either. Yeah, and that's a weird thing here because there's not a ton of old running backs in the NFL right now. Like, you just go through your head, you're like, oh, Frank Gore. Oh, crap, who else? You know what I mean? Like, there's not a ton. Jordan Howard to an extent, but even he's, like, young. I mean, there's – I know the shelf life for running backs at this point is, like, 28, uh, 27 in some cases, but there's a lot of guys past, like – I I mean I, I'm gonna stick Acre still in that top group there, but past him that definitely could do some damage when they're put in, uh, and could be great assets to a team hundred percent. But we're we're getting at least four or five good running backs next year as well that are easily better than these guys. I mean, there's not even a question. Yep. Yeah, I I agree with that. I just want to give some old running backs uh, because we couldn't think of any on the spot. Lamar Miller when he comes back from injury. To my fantasy team. What? I thought he was going to be a great asset, man. That's what you keep trying to tell me. Hey, just because he's old doesn't mean he's going to be bad. Uh, yeah, that's, he's going to so come the back. bald kid. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> Carlos Hyde's pretty old. Uh, yeah, but he, even isn't Carlos Hyde like 29, like 28? Something like that, yeah. And I think that's around the same age as Lev Bell. James Conner's actually really old. He came out after four years. Four years, yeah. Um, maybe even longer because of the cancer. Yep, very true. Uh, Devonta Freeman, he's kind of old, not really. The point is, like, there's not that many. Like, I'm struggling to find old running backs oh. here. Adrian yeah. Peterson, but well, yeah, I see. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's not, and obviously, there's going to be guys that we go through this season. Like, okay, that guy's done. Like, I mean, yeah, like. Like I assume Jordan Howard's going to get picked up somewhere and be efficient enough, but we're just not at the point of having 35 year old running backs be great anymore. Obviously there's people defying logic and Gore and Peterson, uh, but that happens with every position. There's, <laughs> there's so many people that we think shouldn't be playing that are still playing at a high level. And then we have people like Keekley who's playing at an insane level and has more tackles than he's ever had in his career and retires. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a trend we're going to be seeing, and and maybe that's how these guys carve out roles. Maybe like this is a, a very extreme scenario, but maybe a guy like Mark Ingram, who's fairly young, uh, he's not he's not young, but maybe he just is like, all right, I'm done. Like 
after next yeah. year. And that's well, how these guys step in. Yeah, and the Ravens have been drafting running backs every year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do again, to be honest with you. Well, uh, and 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 that's the model that these teams should be following. No running back. I'm sorry, Derrick Henry. You know I love you, but no running back should get the money that Ezekiel Elliott got because it's such a waste of your cap space. And you can't build like the Cowboys might be in in some shit here because they have so many free agents they can't retain because all that money's tied up in a running back that gave a half ass effort most of the year last year. So well, I, I won't say that, but <laughs> I don't disagree either. Uh, it, it's quite the conundrum. I mean, I mean, there's plenty of guys here. Like honestly, Cam Akers is a lot like Devonta Freeman. He'd be a great pickup by the Falcons just because their backup running backs are dog shit. Uh, so they should definitely <laughs> pick him and just, I mean, Freeman's getting, he's not older, but he's getting older. He's always injured. He doesn't have a ton on his contract left. It's not a bad idea there. Like there's tons of guys like that. I mean, we, the, the Jaguars drafted running back last year for net barely even has a contract to my knowledge. <laughs> I mean, they, they took oh, away all of his money. So <laughs> he's going to want a decent contract because they took away all his money. And I can see the Jaguars saying no, yep. because they're, Weirdly, not rebuilding, rebuilding every year. I don't understand it. They they get better quarterbacks and they get worse. It doesn't make sense. But <laughs> honestly, um, but, but yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's our top ten running backs, and then a little bit of a rant about how these guys <laughs> carve out roles. Um, it, Randy, do you want to give your 11, 12, 13 here? Oh, uh, sure. Quickly, I have P. Ryan at 11, like I said. I have Joshua Kelly freshly at 12 today. Just kind of like a lot of the other guys, just all around good. Has some problems, but hits the hole hard. And then uh, McFarland, uh, Anthony McFarland at 13. Yeah. Yeah, he. I like him. Um, so my 11 through 13, I'll give the same amount of running backs. Uh, so I have McFarland 11, A.J. Dillon 12. And then I have Patrick Taylor Jr. out of Memphis here. Um, you also haven't finished scouting Kelly. Exactly. I think Kelly would be slotted in probably probably ab- right above McFarland the way yeah, it, he is. Probably. I mean, at worst, 13. Like, uh, yeah. but And he can do more than a lot of these guys. That's the he, thing. He can. And he showed out at the Senior Bowl. Um, that's really what put me onto him. And honestly, I'm pretty sure it put all the, the draft moguls onto him as well, because I hadn't heard a, a damn thing about Joshua Kelly until last week. So, yeah, um, I, I think he could be a riser. He could enter that like fifth round talk. He could, I believe I have him at fifth, but like I said, there's, it drops down, then a bunch go, then it drops down and then all of them go. It's yeah. Like there, there's usually not a ton of UDFAs for running backs, just because it's a position that everyone needs, like three, like five of going into camp. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well that'll do it. Uh, if you guys want some more content, we've got them. Um, the article is just pouring out. Yeah, at, Christian, uh, Christian is bored at work. I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. You wrote well, like four articles this week. I don't even know what's happening. Yeah, I haven't even posted the one yet. It'll be posted by the time this comes out. Uh, so go check out my my mock draft 1.5. Uh, 1.0 is out currently uh, on Thursday, January 30th. Uh, but 1.5 is coming out. It has trades. I edited it, Randy, so there's no more Browns trade up for Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> I was literally about to say some dumb ones. <laughs> um, so now it looks like little... argument we had. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I just want it to happen, man. I want Isaiah Simmons to somehow get to the Browns. There's a chance he falls past the Browns. There's a chance he falls to the Raiders, man. That's what. And like, you want that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't think it happens. I actually think he goes well before the Browns would have traded up to eight with the Cardinals. Spoiler alert, because it's not in there. Um, so they would have traded up to eight, and then the Cardinals would have selected the tackle that I initially had the Browns taking anyway. Uh, but the Browns get their tackle. And go check that out, officialcutpod.wordpress.com. If you guys want to support the podcast um, and and keep allowing us to do this, uh, just shoot us an email, officialcutpod at gmail.com. 
follow us uh, at the cut FFL. Randy is Randy underscore hall 71. And I am at 40 underscore Williams. We're going to be bringing someone on next week. Is that correct? No, it's not yet. Is it? Uh, I don't remember. I think I uh, dude. I don't remember. I don't have it pulled up. I think we were supposed to record next week with someone, maybe. Yeah, I feel like but we. Not, have, I thought we were doing like QBs next. You might be right. See, we got through the episode. It wasn't very mediocre, and we had to hit you with with this <laughs> little. Well, it's because we had some confusion. We were doing the next two episodes just because Correct. of time. So. Yeah. Yes, so we are doing our rookie quarterback rankings next week. And then the following week, we're going to have a string of three interviews in a row coming at you before we hit you with our mock draft 2.0 in March. So a lot of good stuff coming out. Uh, I'm really excited for these interviews. We've got guys from from various different shows coming on here to talk some Browns, talk some um, just – NFL draft things, talk the combine. It's going to be an exciting yeah. time. And we have one for the Steelers too, I believe, down the road a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's in quite a few weeks, but we'll get <laughs> there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Randy, do you have anything to add before we take off? Not a chance. Not nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you never do. Uh, <laughs> which is a good thing. We got to get out of here. All right, for Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.